Hey, Dad, what do you do when you're out with friends? The waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up, and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge. You grab the bull by the horns. You find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there, and you get to that little clubhouse there, and they've always got the candy bar options, and I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer, and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice-cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Mike Golick Jr. That is me. With me, as always, Brandon Newman. Brandon, what's going on? Boo! Did I get you? So spooky. <laughs> I went to, um, we took my, uh, as the theme for this week has been me finding a way to mention my four-month-old nephew. In every podcast hey, that man. we do this week, we took him to I a hibachi it. restaurant to celebrate his baptism. And... One, seeing his face when they lit the grill on fire at the beginning will stay with me for the rest of my life. But two, um, the Soho Japanese Bistro in South Bend, Indiana has an unreal amount of spooky decor, including a very loud skeleton dragon in the foyer when you walk in. You walk in through two double doors, there's like a mudroom, and then you walk into the main restaurant, and there is a gigantic skeleton dragon that roars at an uncomfortably loud volume. I, I, can't, I can't believe that I can't believe that Mishwaka is showing out in the hibachi restaurant with the Halloween decor because honestly, I feel like the Midwest, I feel like Halloween's holiday is like the Midwest's holiday, if that makes sense. Hell, hell yes. One of the greatest pastimes okay. in living in South Bend and living in the Midwest in general is when those party stores make the switch to just being full-time Halloween stores. Those big box yes. stores that all of a sudden for that month period just become a spooky factory. Yes, and one of them South Bend is a Christmas shop that just, I think they, they stay Christmas all year round, Mike. I think that one turns into a Halloween place. I think that's a season it's, shop. It goes, okay, it, I would say they, they keep the name. <laughs> they keep the yes. name Christmas shop all year round, even though they go seasonal. 
there is truly honor amongst these play these establishments here. Uh, there's honor among this establishment. Download, subscribe, rate, and review Gojo wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a five-star rating and a review. And make sure you check us out on YouTube, especially today. Go to the DraftKings YouTube channel, subscribe there, and then check out the Gojo with Mike Golick Jr. playlist. Brandon, you said that if you search on YouTube, Gojo with Mike Golick Jr., it will just take you to that playlist, correct? Yes, and if you're feeling lazy and just want to put Gojo and then space and W with Mike Go Jr. should pop up uh, as, a, as an auto select. So, you know, uh, if you want to try to cut the words out. But, yes, search Gojo online, uh, sift through the anime, make sure Golic is attached to it, and it'll bring you right to DraftKings on YouTube and our playlist. And I say that you're going to want to do that today because we have a very special guest, one of our favorites around here, one of our most tenured guests in one of our favorite baseball analysts, Katie Nolan, is going to join us here. You guys may know her from a variety of jobs, but so far on this podcast, she has been one of our great baseball correspondents. She was one of the analysts in the Friday Night Baseball booth on Apple TV+. Plus. We do a little postseason exit interview with Katie since she finished up in the regular season with that Aaron Judge home run quest Yankees game that was so controversial for some people in a way that is really dumb. We'll talk to Katie about that. We'll talk about some of her favorite teams heading into this postseason as we are currently in the divisional round right now for Major League Baseball. We'll hit some superlatives coming off her year. Managers, players, parks that she visited, and just get to check in with one of our very good friends around here that we love and we know so many of you guys love. And so that'll be a lot of fun, Brandon. We're looking forward to that. And, oh, Hell and the yeah. reason I said that people should check it out on YouTube is because at the end, Katie Nolan has a very visual, yes. not gag, but a very important visual element that will be displayed that you will be very sad if you somehow miss seeing the picture of here. So I'm sure we'll get it clipped at some point, at the very least get a screen grab. But in the meantime, it's worth checking out on YouTube just for that alone. Yeah, amen. There's a lot of beautiful sights and scenes there. Uh, one of the things that I think people should go to YouTube and see in this Katie interview, that magic in her eyes when your when your dad showed up, that little cameo, uh, that 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 go senior. Did I did I spoil it? Yeah, you ruined the fucking surprise, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, right, just, you know for, hey, everyone, forget you heard that. And another tease is there's a great surprise as part of a year-long, season-long bit with Katie Nolan for those ones that have been and listened to every Katie Nolan appearance on the podcast that has nothing to do with what Brandon just said or mentioned. Mike, I love, obviously, we talk about our relationship and shit like that all the time. People get tired of hearing of it. When I start opening my mouth and I just saw you just like, your mouth turned to oh. <laughs> You just like looking me stunned. I was like, "What is he doing right now?" I, th I thought it was his idea. So I'm <laughs> yeah, up, you, I'm you're the one who thing. did this. <laughs> yeah, it's like you don't. You didn't like that. Oh my god! So yeah, that's a, that's gonna be a thing that happens too. That I actually forgot happened. That Brandon remind me happened, and that I remembered that we should have teased and not told people that it happened. <laughs> Welcome to there Showbiz. Population Gojo with Mike Golick Jr. Um, Brandon, we also have coming up tonight, this podcast will release on Thursday, the sequel. To what some may believe is the worst Thursday night football game ever played between the Colts Ooh. and the Denver Broncos last week, we have what a yes. lot of people have looked at and thought may actually be worse. The Washington Commanders on the road against the Chicago Bears. That Brandon, we will not spend time breaking down this game. 
No one should spend time breaking down this game. If your favorite show is spending time diving into this tomorrow, you have to wonder what their browser history looks like because this is for the truly depraved. It's an NFL sickos game. We'll be watching. And just for fun, I've already put a bet. The over-under on DraftKings is set at 38 for this game. And since last game was such an offensively stunted outfit, I am betting the over for this game purely on (gasps) vibes and hope that we will be delivered from evil and that Washington and Chicago can muster up a performance that just finally rises outside of Iowa football. If you could just break free of Iowa football with the exciting players that we have in this game, I feel like there's hope there. The Bears are a one-point dog at home against Washington. I... Said it last week. I tweeted it last week, and I stand by it. I think this will be a better game than Colts Broncos. Yeah, Mike, I, I imagine so. Especially with Carson Wentz having to defend himself against Ron Rivera, he's got to go out there and prove that he's a, a quarterback that's that's worth the money. He's got to prove he's a, a good NFC East quarterback. Which, by the way, uh, Ron Rivera apparently addressed that in team meeting. Everyone says they're good right now. He's claiming that it was basically. Him talking about the continuity of those quarterbacks having been in the building for a while. He says that he phrased it poorly. All of those things. I still believe in his heart of heart. Carson Wentz probably has a little bit of extra shit going out of the field tonight. Oh, yeah. I would say, to to be fair, yes. We didn't mention that because it was the part that made it less juicy. But he elaborated and said that these other teams in the NFC East have had opportunities to build around said quarterback and we just got Carson. So, you know, all I say I wanted to talk about these lines because we know that the Bears are going to win this game, right? We don't know. I have no idea who's going to win this game, Brandon. The Bears, for so much of this year, felt like they were running the spread option. Justin Fields was under such duress back in, uh, back in the pocket. So I truly don't know. I mean, for the first couple of weeks of the season, Carson Wentz was like near the top of the NFL in completion or in uh, yardage. That's my point. There is nothing about this game that feels predictive. There's nothing about this game that I really take seriously. This game is a spectacle. This game is a car crash on the side of the road that I'm just going to watch because at this point, we talked about yesterday, I don't know how not to watch. That's just what's in my brain at this point. No, that's that's a a great point. Yeah. So that's what we got coming up for Thursday Night Football. Again, you don't want to watch it. After last week, you probably shouldn't watch it. But because we all know, we're addicts. We're going to watch it, and it's not going to feel great. But again, you can vibe. This is not part of the uh, six thick picks. This is purely a vibes-based overbet, trying to will into existence a take for mine last week to be right that this game will be better than last week's Thursday night football game. But we'll wait and see on that one. And in the meantime, we will take a quick break, and when we come back, we will get set to talk to our friend, Major League Baseball analyst, Katie Nolan. Growing up playing sports, I learned really quickly that how you do the little things is how you're going to do everything. That's why coaches always harped on us about having our hand behind the line on sprints or picking up our locker because that was going to directly translate to critical moments on the field, making sure we're lined up right, taking the right steps so we can go out there and execute and win ball games. Small actions can have big benefits, just like how taking care of your gut can support your entire body's health. That's where our friends at Seed come into play. Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic is going to benefit your gut, skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. I just got my welcome kit and started taking Seed's DSO-1 myself, and I'm loving it. I love the convenience of being able to have it in the cabinet with my other supplements because you don't need to worry about refrigerating it, and I love the free travel vial that comes along with it. I'm constantly on the road, and so being able to take DSO-1 with me on the go is huge for my lifestyle. 
file here. I'll tell you what else I love is the fact that it's backed by science. DSO-1 was developed in collaboration with Seed Scientific Board and based on their foundational work in probiotics and the microbiome. And with new clinical trials and breakthrough research published in top scientific journals, Seed's probiotic research development and innovation programs make DSO-1 a product you can trust. And it's great in convenience too. Probiotics and prebiotics work best when they're used consistently just like any other routine health habit. And Seed's subscription service is going to easily help build DSO-1 into your routine, again, with no refrigeration required. So trust your gut with Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash gojo and use code 25gojo to get 25% off your first month. That's 25% off your first month of Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash gojo, code 25gojo. Action. You do this thing, Brandon, that you think we don't notice. You pretend that you don't know what something's called and you think it's called something hilariously dirty. Like thinking that a, a small bottle of alcohol is not a nip, but a nipple. That's uh, no hey, actual dude. human thinks that at your age, at your big age, Brandon. Your big age. But you come out here and you say that and then you're like, what do you mean it's called a nip? We're on to you, bro. Katie, I thought I thought everyone was shortening. I <laughs> told Mike I brought a nipple here oh of tequila in case Katie wants to drink. And he's like, Brandon, those are called nips. And I was like, yes, I know people shorten it. He's like, no, they're called nips. No. Yeah, Brandon, I'm, I'm glad baby. Katie called you out on your shit because it's oh, so thanks. true. You what gaslight me. What was the thing me. from the first? Yeah, it was from the first podcast he did this. And it was something about home runs. Oh, it was he called them dongs. Yeah. It was they, that he called them dongs. There are there are a bunch of dongs. One of these playoff games, it was all dongs, right? There's no. They're always runs all other than dongs. dongs. I'm sick of dongs, and I'll say that in a, every sense of the word. I'm sick of dongs. Get them out. <laughs> Get them out of here. No more. Oh, Brandon oh. Marsh is at bat. This Philadelphia Atlanta game got delayed like four hours. It's the game I care about more and I really want to watch, but I had made this here commitment. And so now, yes. but Brandon Marsh is at the plate and he is my, I love him so much. It's nice to see that, that even post the job part of this being over for you, that you're just right. knee deep in oh, it yeah. still. Yeah, I, you know, you can't care as much as I've cared a whole season. And then when the postseason comes, because you're not working, just be like, I won't watch. Like, I'm dying to watch. I'm invested in each one of these games. I've never, I played fantasy football before, so I care. That's when you care about the whole league. I never got into, like, fantasy baseball. And so I think my years as a baseball fan... I know more of the guys than I've ever known because I'm paying attention to the entire league. And so now I'm like, oh my God, I'm invested in each and every one of these games, well, which worked out dogs, for me. I watched oh, your... What? Oh, no, I, I apologize. I thought you stopped talking, but it was just my internet that cut I out. Never, um, I never stopped talking, Brandon. I will never log off. I can't, won't. No, what do you got? Yeah. Well, I, I watched your last... Friday night baseball game, and oh, God, I wanted was... to see Aaron Judge. Uh, Aaron, I wanted to see Aaron Judge's dong. Yeah, I mean, well, but, first he just of didn't all, show it. get in line, um, <laughs> and also get in line in the metaphorical sense because uh, I, actually nobody wanted to see him hit it during our game. I think that was actually the the, oh, the storyline that was pushed was that our game can't be the one to. Which I mean, come on, guys. I know I'm involved, so I can't really be neutral. But I feel like if I were to zoom out and be neutral, like stop, grow up. It's just a call of a. It's about Aaron Judge hitting it or not hitting it. Uh, it's not about the 
but whatever. You know, and, let me stop myself. Oh, no, listen, I, I, I was fascinated by all of that because the last time we talked to you on this podcast was before that, and we were obviously rooting for you. We wanted it selfishly to happen during your call. Adam Amin, who's also a friend to all, had the call the night before, and I was rooting for 62 there and then the record breaker when you would be on the call there. What was that like, though? 61. Because to your point, it was the weirdest absolute weirdest crock of bullshit to watch really Yankees fans all go out there and just lose their damn minds about you guys being involved in this the thing is like I don't and I don't want to say too much because I know that I'll, I'm like emotionally involved in this and it was like I, I was getting yelled at on the internet for something I hadn't even done before I was about to do it which like really for me it, it kind of messes with your ability to go and do that thing with a clear head but um it it just felt like we know when we replace your local broadcast that it's – we mention it in every broadcast we did this year. Steven makes it a point to name and thank the local team broadcasters because – and he doesn't have to do that. It's his job to come here and broadcast this. This is a, a game. This is a deal that was worked out between MLB and Apple, and the deal is that they broadcast this game. But we know that that's something that's frustrating. That being said, it just felt like this big swarm of, again, negativity for a thing that hadn't even happened yet. And like a lot of it was, and I get it, like the, if you're just going narratives, a Red Sox fan in the booth for that moment. But I'm not, call, I'm not going to call it. I haven't called a single thing because I'm not play by play. So this wasn't going to be the time that all of a sudden I was going to be like, and that's a long fly ball from it. Like, I don't do that. That's not what I'm here for. What I'm going to do is shut up until the moment is like very much almost entirely over. And then I'll probably say something dumb like, wow. And then that's going to be it. It's going to be all of the mark that I leave on this clip. So it was just so frustrating that like, I don't know, and it's spilled over because the network that normally broadcasts it is is associated with the team, and so we were covering that team, and we weren't necessarily. It was it was just a stressful day in a, for, which ended up being for nothing. And so, just the next morning, I woke up and I was just like, "What the hell?" It was like this huge, big thing that just didn't even happen. And if it had happened, I don't know. It just felt like people being mad for the sake of being mad and I wish I was better at just tuning those people out but it really ruined what I wanted to be like my last like hurrah I was just gonna say that was your last game I, I can imagine that's kind of a disappointment like waking up the next day you mentioned you'd felt a lot of that like has as you've had time since then has it affected the way you felt like the experience of your season went at the end yeah, because even just then, as I was trying to rant to you about what that meant, uh, I had that perfectly down and much more angry and sad uh, the day after. I think I even recorded a voice note for myself to be like, remember, this is oh, how nice. you felt. Um, wow. I do that. I do that. And then I never go back and listen to them. So I just have all these little, if I Good die, put those though. out as a podcast. Okay. And oh, just profit. This is like Twitter mm -hmm. drafts. And I heard you on the yeah. Spencer's with Haley and company reading yeah. your guys' Twitter drafts. That's the next level is the voice. Yeah. yeah. And Ooh, the nice. Instagram stories I don't post like mm. those, you guys can publish those and profit, make sure it goes to a good cause. <laughs> but yeah, I think like, so that first day, I mean, I, I realized it when I got on the phone with Dan, cause Dan was on the road that weekend and I called him and I think I started out being like, hi, and then yelling about like anger and like making fun of something that had happened. And then 
calmed down and was just talking normally. Dan hasn't spoken yet in this conversation. And then I'm coming, talking normally. And then I'm sobbing and I'm sobbing and I'm crying. And he's just, you know, the sweetest sits there and then was like, okay, well, why don't you just chill? I'm going to get a delivery sent to the house. I think you should get back in bed. Just like turn your phone off. Don't go posting any of that. And then just chill. Uh, so the first day was intense. And then I think, yeah, now I feel like, oh, I did that. I did that. And it's done. It's finished. And now I just get to enjoy the the regular anxiety of sports, which is rooting for teams and watching them potentially, you know, not make it further. I really liked the um, wildcard weekend this year. That was very fun, the new playoff format. Mostly because they took the teams that are so good you can't beat them and were like, stay home and let these guys play for a little bit. <laughs> let, the, let these guys go ahead and hack it out for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we'll let's get watch to you some close games. <sighs> but anyway. Now there's a bunch of rivalries, though, the, in, the, in the divisional, right? Yeah. Which is fun, outside of the Guardians and the, and the Yankees. But I'm rooting for that Guardians team so much. Oh wow! Ooh. Number one Guardians fan, Kaylee Nolan. Katie Nolan. Kaylee. This is where, Kaylee. Like my alter ego. Kaylee, Kaylee Nolan. Is Kaylee a Guardians, Nolan fan. Guardians fan. That's right. This is why you check the show out on YouTube now because you get the good shit like this. Yeah, that's right. I just told Dan because Dan was in Cleveland. That's why he he went to Game One and he got this. I was like, you know, this is um, merchandise from the their first year as the Guardians. That could eventually, someday, if the Earth continues, um, be something valuable. I don't think we're going to be around that long, if I'm honest. No, but no. <laughs> I don't think we're going to have time for the 2000s fashion to come back around a, another time. I don't think we'll be around that long. I'm sorry, my bad. I'm just looking at my drafts. Oh, you were starting to look at yours now? What do you have? Give me something good. <laughs> the whole concept is crazy to me. I don't, it, it, my, mine are very, very underwhelming. Oh. Yeah, I never used to use them until I started... I don't know, thinking before I push send on stuff. And then now I'm like, oh, let me just, now I play it too safe. I, mean, I got to switch it back up to not playing it safe because playing it safe on Twitter is so boring. It is a tough place to live. Well, especially now, like this is so interesting because you went from being in a job where you were on the road on TV every week, like different arena, all the things that we've talked about with your experience calling Major League Baseball this year, and now you're kind of free on the other side. Like, does that feel good? Does it feel weird? Where are you at with this? It feels good. It's also, I hate this period where now every conversation I have is like, so what's next? And I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. I don't know. I just finished. Um, and actually, I kind of dig not working. So, like, I'm cool with taking my time to figure out. I feel like we've talked about this before too, where I'm like, I'm very fortunate. I acknowledge that I'm very lucky. Hold on. I'm going to get something to drink because I feel my throat getting dry. It's also, a, I just unplugged right. my microphone. It's all right, Katie. You know what? While you're, can you hear me right now? Yes. Why? What's wrong? All right. Well, while you're waiting for that, we have a surprise for you here. Since you are, since you are done right now, someone wanted to say hi. <gasps> hi. How are you, <clears throat> Mr. Golick? How are Hi, you Katie. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing so good. What'd you do today? What was your day like? My day? What was my day like? Uh, let's see. We went to Notre Dame football practice and hung okay. out there for a while. Okay. That's yeah. fun for some people. We uh, we baptized our first grandchild yesterday. Wow. Congratulations. Yes. Jake's son is about four months old. We baptized him here on campus. Mike is the godfather and Sydney is the godmother. Wow. That kid's going to grow up with a lot of promise. 
that kid is going to grow up fucked. screwed. Is what's screwed. I hope happen. the parents stay alive for a long, long time. Yeah, I know. That's the one thing we're always talking about. Oh, God, if the godparents have to do something, that means oh my, my son and daughter-in-law have been killed, which is not something yeah, we no. really want to think about. No. We shouldn't root for, no. certainly. By the way, great job on uh, the baseball this year. Oh, thank Wonderful. you. You don't have to lie. We always just, I come on this podcast and talk to him about how hard that job is, dude. The fact that you do that, it's so much. It's so hard. What's hard? Calling any type of game. It's just like Listen, so babe, hard. So I always think hockey is could be the toughest because it's the fastest moving and you have to explain yeah. so much and the names are hard. Yeah. But baseball, you have so much friggin' time to fill. I know. And I, oh my I God. love to fill time. That's all I do. But then there's the rhythm that people need it to breathe and you've got to wait and you can't start a story when there's two outs. But you can have two outs for like seven batters. They could get a two-out rally. So now you're just like, uh, I don't know what to talk about because it might be too long. It's just too much. I like watching so, the game. So when did when did you get like comfortable? Oh, where never, you were like, okay, never. I got you. There was it no? was there was like one or two weeks where everything had worked out just right, and I was like, cool. I think this is good. I think this is a good one. And every other week was like, ah, what's happening? So uh, it was it was exactly <laughs> what I thought it was going to be when I said yes. So I was like, let's go try something insane that you never thought you'd do, and see how you do. So right. I'll, I'll ask you in your ten, I'll ask you in your tenth year of it if you got any more comfortable yeah, with it. Yeah, we'll see. Well, that's I, ten I, years. I don't know if I'll be around. We'll see. <laughs> you better be. I will be. Okay, good. I mean, you yes, look healthy. If I could say that, that's safe to say, right? You look healthy, so you should be around. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. Quite a look bit. healthy, feel healthy, feel good. good. Hell yeah. 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 Uh huh. Good. Oh, good. God, it's so nice. We don't need these two guys. We could just do our own. I pod. know, guys. Can you move? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Brandon. I thought Brandon was actually about to I did too. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, I did too. Brandon scared me there for a minute. Wow. <laughs> the, the Chris Collinsworth. The what, uh, Chris so Collinsworth. What, what are we talking about here? What's, uh, what's Baseball. The topic? You know, my specialty Baseball. now. My Guardians, uh, they took one. Took took a shot, huh? Yeah. I love them. Katie's Guardians. I love it's them. Still, it, it, do, did you have trouble going Guardians? No, because I'd, I've been calling them Cleveland for a while. Just like personal yeah. Pro, like yeah. preference. Just to, because so you know, told, you see it every, coming. Yeah, I mean, being from Cleveland, everybody always asks me, "Oh, what do you think?" I said, "In in a year or two, nobody's going to give a shit. No They're gonna just going to it's going to say Guardians." I hate that it's based off of those statues, and the name of those statues is Garden Guardians of Traffic. That makes me go, "Ugh." But other than that, yeah, that nobody is kind of cringeworthy. That. Like it doesn't yeah, have no, anything they, to do with the. In all honesty, I didn't even know that. Yeah, right now you know, and nor, I bet nor you do I didn't. care. I yeah. didn't, didn't even care. It's about just the it. name it, of a team, yeah. you know. Who cares, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, so, completely agree. Didn't yeah. bug me one bit. And it's all new memorabilia everybody can buy. That's what I was just saying. This could be worth something one day. It's from their first year. Yep. Yeah, probably won't be, but good No, thought. yeah, probably not. <laughs> I appreciate that the well. logo does look like a business inside the Sims game or like yeah. roller coaster it's, type It's game. very word art. <laughs> Graphic but, design is know, my passion. That's not bad, that font there. No, I do like that font, actually. It's sort of right? jazzy. It's kind of yeah. nice. So That's okay. Oh. Anyway, I hope they beat the Yankees. I hope they beat them so hard. Wouldn't that be great? It would be the best. Oh, my God. Just the absolute There's best. Nothing like shutting Yankee fans up. I know. God, it would be awesome. Uh, well, Dad, thank you for stopping by. Oh, you, oh he's going to go. go now? I didn't want to make you sit on these water bottles here the yeah. entire time. I just I feel like our entire <clears throat> season arc this year with Katie was centered around the very first appearance where you guys went viral for thirst. So well, it's I mean, just you know. he's just look. He posts the pictures, right? What am I supposed to do? Not say something? 
<laughs> Katie will always be my favorite. You're the best. I don't even know what you mean favorite what, and I'm not going to ask. I'm just going to take favorite, the compliment. Just f- take the compliment. Yeah, thank Absolutely you so much. Right. You're, my, you're certainly my favorite ice fisher person. So I mean, that was a blast. That was a blast. A blast. Except when we'll you have caught to go the, except again. When, except, except when, when you yeah. caught the lunker. Yeah, you caught the I lunker. Know, I know. You know what the lunker is, The right? big fish? Is it the big one? or the, Nice. Yeah. Well done. I, guess. I mean, yeah, I would say context. I didn't know what the lunker was, but context clues. <laughs> it was like, all right, well, she had the biggest fish. Look at the yeah. look on Brandon's face. He is so fucking lost <laughs> right now. He's like, what Brandon, the hell? Brandon thought the little bottle of alcohol was called the nipple, so Can he's not really up to date on it. A nipple, he said. He said he brought a nipple. You know that that these are nips. And yeah, nips. nips. Short yes, nipples. they're nips. He thought it was short yeah. for nipples. What is that short for then? Nothing. So, uh, so quick story about the nips, if I may. If you wait, may. Ooh, nips yes. or nipples? It makes a difference. Nips. Okay. These are nips. Eh, so we'll take it. Anyway. My 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 senior year at Notre Dame, um, we made the uh, Aloha Bowl. So we played in Hawaii. So we flew out there, and when we landed, the coach was Jerry Faust at that point, and when we landed, everybody was getting off the plane, he pulled the captains aside. I was one of the captains, me and the other two captains, so we went over to coach, and he's like, uh, hey guys, he said, um, about $150 worth of these, he didn't know they were called nips because he doesn't drink or swear, uh, did Jerry Faust. Great guy, but he didn't do any of that. He said these little bottles of alcohol, there was $150 of the, worth of them stolen, um, you know, by we figured it was by the players, uh, and we said, "Don't worry, Jerry. We'll, we'll, coach, we'll take care of it. We're, we're on it. We'll, we'll, we'll find out who did it." Jerry's like, "Okay, good, good. That's what captain should do. That's great. Good job." And he walked away. We looked at each other and said, "We don't give a fuck who stole it. It's our last game in the Notre Dame uniform. Why do we care?" So, did you find who stole it and then party with them? We didn't even look. We we didn't even look to see who stole them. The only, if we, the only reason we would have looked is to take them and drink them ourselves. Yeah, exactly. I wonder I how many nips you can get so for a buck fifty. Split. Yeah, took a, let me Google it. See if anything comes up. I mean, that was, I mean, it nowadays. was really dumb. But then again, in college, you're dumb. I mean, take a few so maybe they won't be noticed. <laughs> yeah. But no, they take $150 worth. So Or take $150 worth and then drink them so they'll never be found. That's true, too. Destroy the evidence. Yeah, Smart. pee them out. Okay. That's it. What does yeah. is, is $150 worth of nipples look like? Okay. Oh, you know what? You know what? You know what, Brandon? <laughs> I think that, I think that I mean, depends on a number of factors. You have a real, real one-track mind working right now. Yeah. Okay? It's true. We're trying to have it's a true. serious discussion here. here. Okay? Yeah. You're making yeah. it you grow weird. Up, Brandon, really, really, really weird. Really weird. Unprofessional. You know what? I, you know what? I, I'm, I'm so turned off right now, I'm leaving. Oh, no. You turned him off. Uh, yeah, Brandon. that's a weird time to say turned off. Brandon. Yeah, it is. It's true. What are you doing? Oh, it's true. Yeah. Elle's going to be well, so Brandon. mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Father right, Golick, Katie, it was good to, to see to. you. Good to see you as well. Take care. Bye. See ya. Great pop in, Mr. Gullick. Just, gotta, just. I gotta clear this earpiece oh, off. God. <laughs> Wait, are you recording on him? The sound he's making getting up. That's such dad content. <laughs> That's such dad content. I- if, if one thing gets clipped from this podcast, yeah. please, God, let it be the off-screen sound of you grunting on your way up. <laughs> oh, what a man. What a man. What oh. a mighty good man. Mm, oh. Mighty, mighty good man. 
There we go. Katie, Check you, out. Were, you were you handled that well. Thank you were also glowing. Thank during you. Time oh period. God, I, I was like, I was impressive. I've never, had, I've never, I don't on. usually thirst in the presence of the. I'm I'm better at thirsting from a distance. I'm not really an up close yes. and personal thirster, and so I didn't know if I should like look him in his eye or like hide myself, and so I got real anxious there. My hands are clammy. <laughs> A very, a very uncomfortable. We don't usually get this version of Kanye. Really? Usually, unflappable, sticking Seriously? screwdrivers into wine bottles. Yeah. Yikes! Oh, you really threw me for a loop there. What were we even talking about? That's a damn good question, Katie, and I don't remember. So, uh, who, let's move on to the who next is this? Is about. this podcast taking an official stance on rooting for certain teams in the postseason? So I think, and we had talked about this a couple of times in the lead up, I have found myself rooting for the Mariners the in part because, you know, we've got, you know, yeah. you came on here and we're talking to us about Julio Rodriguez, obviously Mina Kimes, a friend of the program, of someone we like to see happy. And just in general, because we talk about fan bases a lot on here with you, Seattle's fan base seems like one, and I don't know what your interaction or experience them. with them was like. I would say, in general, they seem like a very, like, amicable group of people. Yeah, they seem... So, my, my first impression of them was that they were... They seemed very skeptical of their team, which I understand, given their current situation. Like, I think every fan base, you need to take in their context of where they are. So, it's like, if they're really critical, it's like, well, look at their history. Should they be really critical? Whereas, like, if you've got, I don't know, Yankees fans who were always very mean to their players, and you were like, but the, but you guys have all those rings. Why does this man, why are you like this? Um, but I loved Seattle fans. They were, they were informed. They were supportive. They were, um, you know, not incredibly mean or misogynistic. That's always a plus for me. Helps. And, you know, they were the longest active drought in what? What's the qualifier? North American pro North American. sports. Um, which is great. So I'm glad to see them there. I'm rooting for them so hard. That Astros team, man, is so good. And mm -hmm. I am not rooting for them as I'm sure you could tell, given how their fan yeah. base and I squared okay. up yes, yes, this yes, season. Yes, yes. So um, um, it's like the, that's my most important series right now. That's like, I'm watching every minute. Mm. I mean, it, this weekend, that wild card weekend that they did was awesome, if you had no job, because it was just like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, like all day games. Um, March Madness style. Yeah, that's what this, like day. yesterday felt like. March Madness, like day games. The first day of the second round, they played all four games. And it was just like, this rules. I get to just watch baseball all day. And it was awesome. But I started talking about that for some sort of reason. Oh, because Seattle's the only one I care about. No, I still don't know why I was talking about that. Well, you no, asked, was, are we rooting for anyone on this podcast? If we've taken Mike, a stance. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so Seattle. I, I've, I'm... Yeah, I'm, I'm Dodgers, obviously, uh, um, just because Mookie Betts, you know, we got your, your leftovers. You're rooting for LA. the Dodgers? Ooh. Oh, see, this yeah, is another, the, the this is another thing. Oh, you're an no, L.A. See, sports what? fan? No, Brandon is just an L.A. apologist overall. His favorite thing, Katie, oh I got mansplained Los Angeles by Brandon nonstop when he was out there for All-Star Weekend. And so he, in the time that he was out there, basically declared himself an, like an OG Los Angelino and now just leans into everything. Are you him. just a contrarian? Are you just like an unproblematic Whitlock? Is that what this is? <laughs> 
Oh, wait! Mar- I love that rooting for the Dodgers Mar- is the contrarian play too. Yeah. Well, like in the yeah. sense of rooting like- for the Dodgers is what made you call me Whitlock. <laughs> of all the years the, that we've been together, the 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 reasoning being that like in the meet, like the, the Dodgers are so good. Like they've got an all star in every spot in their lineup. Rooting for them is like rooting for the guy who's supposed to win. Who roots for? Says says the Patriots. Yeah, fan. well, they oh were my, my team gosh, because Katie, I was born is... and raised in Framingham, Massachusetts. Okay, I was born in Orange County, California. You were? I was born in Orange County, California. Yes, I was born in Orange County, California. Okay. My really? dad was in the Marines. I was stationed out there. Yes, that's why you were my, my, my Where did you I, grow up? Where did you come of age? Uh, when I was two, when I was two, we moved from there mm-hmm. back to Detroit. Okay, where everyone was, and then my mom got and dad got a divorce, like most parents do, mm-hmm. and then uh, I bounced back between Detroit and Louisville, Kentucky, my whole life. Okay, and so if let's say Detroit no, teams the don't weren't bad, nope. you are saying wholeheartedly that you would still be rooting for Los Angeles teams. Yes, I tried. I tried to go uh, pull for the Detroit Tigers. Uh, and they're I bad. When, I think it was when, who 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 came from the Brewers over there? Um, gosh, anyways, they went to the World Series and got swept. I think it was by the Giants. Okay, and then you, um, you gave up on them. You're proving my point. Yeah, I was like, no, I, can't, I don't want this. You gave up on them, and then you picked a la carte yeah. another Not team. A la carte. I, I I did what you guys do. I did with the thing that everyone goes to. What you guys do? What you guys do? What is who's you guys? Yeah. What do you mean, you people? Uh, Bostonians, Bostonians. I don't know how you guys call it. Like you people. Yes, you people. The the ones who make me feel bad for rooting for a team that I'm not living currently in the same you area code as. But yes, you, but I you but people. I grew up there i grew up there like my all of my the games i went to congratulations all the games <laughs> i went to growing up were boston like there was i didn't have but you it. grew up in in detroit i went to tigers games yeah yeah so you're to, a tigers fan yes. dude you can't compare it to in detroit, what i'm doing because i detroit. didn't change teams None of the, none of the, none of, when I was growing up in Detroit, none of the teams were in Detroit. All right, look, it was, I, ju- to I think we're getting too heated. To to, to to I don't play. care. I don't care who you root for. Okay. Honestly, I did just want to say unproblematic Whitlock because I thought it would get a big laugh and because the concept <laughs> of it is very funny because if you drained all the problematic <laughs> out of Whitlock, I don't know yeah. that there'd be even a person left. Since you, <laughs> since you, no, listen, I know, I know. Since you, since you ripped that bandaid off, I wanted to tell you, uh, tell everyone how we first met. Uh, it was Super Bowl 50. Oh, no. Uh, in San Francisco. Are you telling this you story? You were coming. I was a big fan of Garbage Time. Uh, I hadn't met Gabe Goodwin yet, which we'll get into that. I haven't told the story here. I haven't told the story here. We, I, I came up to you <clears throat> and I wanted to meet you because I thought you were very, very funny. And I said, hi, Katie, I'm Brandon Newman. Uh, I'm Whitlock's producer. Please don't take that, hold that against me. And you were like, "Why would I hold that against you? I don't understand." Good acting. Yeah. And I looked at you. I was like, okay. "I was like, come on, come on, come on, come on. It's okay. It's okay. We can be friends." Oh, that's not the story I thought you were going to tell. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, good. I, I can say based on the, I knew Brandon was going for that story, and based on the, the face Katie was making, I was oh, like, "They are not in the same room I right thought he was going to tell a story that I have texted multiple people, but will will Ooh. not say on a record. Um, All right, we've we've gone too deep down mm, that path now. Mm. We're gonna veer back this way. Gonna go ahead and grab what the else? wheel. What and veer other, back this way. So, other, Katie, Katie, go. 
Well, I was going to ask. So you're you are number one Guardians fan. You are rooting for the Seattle I did, Mariners. Also, Guardians. What else? Had Guardians you- Mariners are are close for me. They are like neck and neck. Philly right okay. behind them. So what's mm. fascinating about Philly, and I was I was on the fence about Philly or Atlanta, who I was going to root for in this series. But then uh, Marcelo Zuna made the postseason roster for the Braves, and so it made the decision very easy for me. I root for uh, Philadelphia, but. The thing about Philly that's fascinating is that, like, they are, they've got whatever the baseball version of puck luck is. They just are getting, Mm. they keep getting these incredibly lucky, they keep winning in ways that they're not supposed to be winning. It's a team designed to, like, slug, and they haven't been, but they're winning. Like, Bryce Harper bunted the other day. It's just, it's fascinating the way that they're playing and the way that they're getting wins, and I just feel like... That crazy comeback they had in the last round to then this. I mean, they're riding something magical. And I've got a new appreciation for Philly fans after this season because I don't know if you guys know the story about Alec Bohm, their third baseman, and what happened earlier in the season. But he had a, no. something like a four or five error game. Might have been three. Maybe I'm making it bigger in my head because it was a big deal. But he had a terrible game and he got booed. And then the cameras caught him saying, I believe... I fucking hate it here. And Philly fans were mad at first Mm. of like, what? So the next day, I believe, if not after that game, he was asked by a reporter, like, cameras caught you saying something. Did you want to? And he's like, yeah, I said it. Um, I was just really frustrated, really mad at myself. Um, I don't mean it. I like it here. I'm sorry. And then the next day when he came out up to the plate, they stood up, cheered for him, gave him a standing ovation. And I was like, I love that. I love that because like he did what else could he have done except say like look I was mad you ever been frustrated and you're just like it's I didn't mean it and I'm sorry and they accepted the apology and I feel like Philly fans get this you know Philadelphia in general nationally gets this bad rap and there are they do have wild fans but so does every fan base fan is short for fanatic we're all a little nuts and uh, I just feel like Philly, I don't know, they they seemed like cool fans this year, and I appreciated that about them. And now this kid is, like, lights out. He's so good. It's crazy. Um, so I'm rooting for them. To that end, too. So fans or teams that you were excited to root for there, you mentioned a couple of the players there. Were there any other players specifically that you were very excited to watch in the postseason because of what you had seen and experienced We've talked about Julio. I want to see how Julio's doing. Yep. He's doing really well so far. Um Mm-hmm. Obviously, Jose Ramirez from the Guardians, way early in the season, I was like, I want him to win AL MVP. That's not going to happen. It's going to go to Judge, if not Otani, uh, and then probably Jordan Alvarez is going to come in third. There's no way, but he's just so good, and I think he's really funny. Like He just signed a contract to stay with the team after everybody thought he was going to leave, and then he tweeted out the clip from Wolf of Wall Street with all the photoshopped heads of like him and Terry Francona when he's like, I'm staying, or whatever. Um, and that's very funny to me. Oh, somebody's hurt. Yeah. Um, but I love him. Uh, oh my God, there's just so many. You Darvish is pitching. Um, I, is it tomorrow? It's tonight. So it will have happened already when this. But I love you, Darvish. Um, he's. I saw a quote from him. It was something like, "Everybody here loves baseball. I love spinning the baseball," <laughs> which is like it's crazy and so true and I love the way he pitches and that none of them look the same and I have no idea how you prepare for a guy who can throw like he has like nine to ten different pitches in his arsenal and then he also changes up how he like 
he delays his movement to the off the mound so it's just like there's no way to time him fascinating to watch um Dansby Swanson we're kind of rooting for I know that's the Braves so that's a little confusing but he's not gonna he might not he might not be a Brave for very long they're just talking. yeah they're because he's talking about an extension but we root for him because Mets Mal Pugh's fiance Oh, wow. All right. Did they not make are my, that connection. They are my sports couple. I mean, Sue Bird and Megan Rapinoe obviously are still. But um, the, those two yes. are just, they're so, they're just so good looking and uh, fun to root for. So we root for Dansby Swanson. Um, who else am I really looking forward to seeing? I mean, the whole Mariners team. Kelnick, Jared Kelnick made the postseason uh, roster, which I didn't know if that was going to happen or not because, remember, that was the guy who hit the home run at the Mariners game that I loved. And it was like this great moment. Then he got sent down and he wasn't really. But he's uh, made the postseason roster. So, oh, it's Acuna who's hurt. Oh, heavens no. Oh. It looks like his elbow or his shoulder. Damn it. This poor kid. Like I say, you do do feel for that dude. Um, do you have a? Do, by the way, did you ever like make a pick about who you thought was actually no, going to win no, the World I Series never, this no. year? Did you have to Mm-mm. do that at all? And I, even if they asked me to do it, I don't like doing it because it's like I, I don't know. My prediction's not going to inform anything. I just pick the teams that I like, the teams that I'm like they seem to like each other because I feel like that matters more than we ever give it credit for. Of the, just like they enjoy being around each other and root for each other and support each other, but I, nobody cares what I think. Um, well, if there's an if there's an all narrative team, which team would you be excited wins? Oh, oh yeah, who would just be the best pure story? Yeah, I mean, sounds like the yeah, Mariners. it's probably be the Mariners, I think, or the Guardians. They're the youngest team. That to me is crazy. They're the youngest team. If you add up the age of their roster, I believe they're younger than some uh, minor league teams. Like they're very young. And, um, you know, anytime that there's just a team full of babies out here getting it done, I like that. That's cool to me because that means they're not scared. And I'm scared of everything. So one of my favorite moments of sport, the thing I love about sports is watching people just face a very scary moment and be like, whatever, I got this. Because I'm like, what? I could never. I would crumble. Well, especially for people that have not yet been through the thing that they should be scared of when you bring up like young players or young, like going through it for the first time and for some reason having the courage to face that. I can understand when you've been through it. You're a veteran. You've seen a lot of these situations. It takes some different shit in you. At your point, some of that is team camaraderie. Some of that is just how you're wired as a person. But I was always amazed because I wasn't that dude. I needed to see it and do it a million times before I was going to feel comfortable with something. It just... I never Some had people that just it clicks and they just step up in the in the postseason, which good for you. I crumble under pressure. I'm not good at it. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say you crumble. I think under well, pressure. I think it depends on what you based on what I feel as pressure. You know, like there's probably situations that I'm in that somebody else would feel like is pressure, but I don't feel that pressure. The, but when I do feel yep. pressure, I'm like, yeah, I don't like it. I'll just go, I'll just head out. If you're pushing me, let me just take myself out. I got it. I'll get out of here. 
you know that is interesting to think about was this was this season was this would this season have qualified as the most pressure you felt was there oh, something yeah. else that you've yeah, done yeah. in your career or yeah, was this, no. this, this is not the even most close? pressure this this and then maybe i guess my very first audition i was petrified yeah. at my very first Ooh, what audition. was that for well for fox sports one so i had gr- come up from making videos in my apartment alone editing them myself and like the way that I would do it back then is I would, you know, because I write the jokes, but I have no memory. I would like read them, read it, read it, memorize it, turn to the camera, deliver a joke, stop. Read, read, memorize one, turn to the camera, deliver it, stop. This was, I was going to be in a studio with like tons of people in the room and also tons of people throughout the campus of Fox watching because you can turn to the live feeds of whatever's happening in the studio. And I was going to read off prompter, had never seen a prompter in my life. And uh, this is when I realized I needed glasses because I was trying to read the prompter. And they were like, cut, let's start over. Uh, can somebody get her glasses? Um, I was so petrified. I had never done it in front of people. And suddenly I have to do it and it's for a job and, you know, go. And after I did it, the guy who had, like, brought me out there that was like, I think you should come audition – he called and I was like, hi, that was so bad. And he was like, I know, let's talk about it. And I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> I was like, just so you know, I know it was bad. I was panicked. I've never, I didn't know what to do. But we had done something else that was like a panel discussion. So they were like, that you were fine in. When you were with other people and there was like a conversation to be had, they were like, so we, we just need to talk about and figure out what we're going to do with you. And then they set me up on this other audition and I ended up on the show with Regis. So it all worked out. But my God, when I was going to be maybe like an update and I was just, oh my God, it was awful. It was awful. But I still okay. think that that last game of the season is probably more pressure than that. I mean... Under, understandable Ugh. like I, I i don't know it's a pretty big audience for that but teleprompter unusually unnerving more so than yes. i think most people would imagine i've gotten used to it now actually i shouldn't say that because i haven't seen one in quite some time but i had gotten used to it uh after you know through the years of using it but when you first start using it you do not realize how much it's like especially if it's on a jib and the guy's running towards you and you're like i can't Okay. Like if it's a steady cam and you're like, you can't read it and you wait till it gets right up in front of your face and then you start reading it and it's just, and how fast it goes and like making sure you don't look like you're reading something. It's a real skill. Brandon and I talked about this yesterday because as you heard when my dad came in here, we were at the baptism for my nephew. Remember those times? (laughs) I remember. But when we were baptizing him, we didn't realize it was going to be a full mass in the, it is just my family who does not go to church. Oh, you don't like, say. So I say I know it's surprising given anyone who spent time <laughs> with us. But we're in there going through the mat. We're doing this, and then at the beginning, the priest is kind of laying out what's going to happen, and he goes, "And who are we going to have for the reading?" And immediately, everyone in my family just points to me, and I'm like, "All right, sure. I, you know, this is fine." I forgot how Public hard reading. the Bible is. To oh read. yeah, not yeah, like dude. just popcorn reading. And now I'm imagining the hardest possible final boss would be reading the Bible off teleprompter Ooh. on a jib. Yeah. yeah. Yes, that's correct. Uh, you, know, yeah, yeah, you have to you have to enter, uh, encounter teleprompters in low stakes. Yes, which is it was too, too high stakes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, in terms of like it being broadcast. 
Right. Yeah. Like yeah, I, so, I, yeah. I know that I'm terrible with teleprompter because we do Notre Dame Day. Uh, you know, once a year usually. It's yeah. Like a, a, very, a very wealthy university does a telethon to raise money for itself. Yes. Don't. Okay, Katie. Don't roll your eyes. Okay. It, we all Catholics together eyes. now. No. But anyways, uh, <laughs> I, I host this. I host this like karaoke thing that like is very very low stakes and it's like, at night and they have the teleprompter but also have like the cue cards. I improv and freestyle these shit out of that. I, I, I like, y'all know when I'm done talking, I put the cue cards down and I'm going to look at you and smile. Don't wait for that last word as a cue to... Uh, Man, that was the <laughs> hardest thing about my first year of TV is they were like, you have to hit that word because the word is the cue for the... And I was yes. like, now see, that makes a lot of sense. Here's the thing. Uh, I'm not sure. Would you rather I just finish whatever I'm saying and then read the last word? I think people are going to be very confused. That's true. <sighs> just awkwardly come back in just and like, jam that there. last word in. <laughs> I'm just gonna hit you with finger pistols instead, and we're gonna see how this works out. That's why most back of my you. yeah, most of my tosses Bam. to video were Not like, let's check it out. Media. Let's take a look. Let's take a look. Like you can't. There's nothing else coming after. Let's take a look. So roll the clip. Let's take a look. <laughs> yep. Please, please play the clip. Um, roll the tape. This uh, this feels like a question I already know the answer to, considering how locked in you are on this Braves game. But have you actually started to dip a toe back into any other sports waters yet? I have. So um, I went to the. Uh, hold on. I, went to, I just had a huge hair in my mouth. <laughs> the classic taking the hair out of your mouth. <laughs> um, I went to leave that in. By the way, I'm a woman oh. of the people. Uh, I went to a, and you're going to be like, why? I went to a Dolphins-Jets game this past week. Oh, I uh, saw that! Yeah, so that's the first, I'm dipping back into football. I went to a 49ers game a couple weeks ago, but um, both games that I've been to in person, the quarterback has been hurt in the first quarter and left. So mm. I don't know what that's about, but eek. Um but we got to be on the field and see. I got to talk to the head coach of the Dolphins just before the Dolphins played a football game. I was like, this is wild. This is wild. This is your friend. That's me talking to Dan. Uh, it's just so crazy. Oh, is, wait. Dan and Mike McDaniel are friends? They went to middle school together. What? Isn't that nuts? Yes. Yeah, it's nuts. It's nuts. And so it, what's crazier is when he was the... Um, he was the offensive coordinator for offensive the 49ers, right? But before, because before that he was the run game coordinator, and then he got the. Right. Um, but that was for Dan's team, the 49ers. So Dan was like, "Oh, <gasps> oh my god, heaven. my friend is like, uh, is you know, coaching my team essentially, not head coach." But then he got the head coaching job, and I was like, "Whoa, you? We know the head coach of a team. That's crazy. That doesn't feel as a person who has like relationships with certain." people involved in sports through my job it feels very weird to be like and then this guy through my personal life <laughs> uh i just know him now but i've never met him through work it's very weird yeah. and but, he just happens to have this very important dude, job that he, people he's seem just so hung up on. chill football coaches just get to go to work in pajamas and they just get to spend sunday in pajamas and it just seems like such a cool he didn't seem stressed out at all is wild. He does seem unusually He's chill. So like, have you got chill. to spend time with him away from the football no. field? Is that just how he is no. all the time? Or I no? have spent the two times I've met him now. One was the night before the 49ers lost that Super Bowl. 
Uh, oh. And then the second time was on the field at this game. So I tried, I got a couple jokes in there and you could tell that he was like, all right, this one's a smart ass, but we were not like friends. Um, it's, it seems like the difference between Mike McDaniel and everyone else is, it seems like he's not worried about keeping his job. It does feel that, does that way, sense? right? Yeah. It, it feels makes, like he's it just makes like a lot very, of sense. just, he's just very loose about the whole thing. Like obviously a new coach shouldn't be, but a lot of new coaches are. I know. He's just cool. He's a, he's a cool cat. And he, what was really cool for Dan, I imagine, and because I love Dan, it's like, you know, sometimes you feel on behalf. So, like, mm-hmm. the crowd in the corner that we were standing in the field, uh, when McDaniel came over, they started chanting, Mike McDaniel. And I was like, that's, your, the crowd loves your middle school best friend. It's crazy. So crazy. So oh, weird. That's freaking awesome. Yeah, it was very, very cool. And- and you are very right, by the way, about football coaches getting to go to work in the best outfits. So that cool. practice I was at today, everyone's just in sweatpants. And I, for some reason, hadn't internalized that. Like, you covered the sport with the dumbest outfit for coaches. The fact that they have to wear the team's uniform. I love is, it. You love it? I love it. I love it. I go back and forth on it. I love it and I hate it. I think it's stupid. I understand that it comes from the fact that they used to play and blah, 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 blah. Um, but then I just kind of like, okay, well, if you're going to have to do it, then just commit to it. I wish that we did it for all sports. I wish that the basketball coaches had to come out in the basketball uniforms. I wish that football, I would love to see a coach in a football uniform. No, like, I, I think we should do this across the board. Hockey especially. I was going to say. Hockey coach oh. with, a, with a full, I need it. You know, Hockey coach, you have to like bust out a few teeth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I would love to see it. Brandon said the name Andy Reid because he would look just like he did as a 13-year-old in that punt pass and kick footage oh that they're God. required by law oh to show in every primetime game yeah, he's yeah, ever played It's like in. saying that you have to say that Ryan Fitzpatrick went to Harvard. Yes, yes, And you have to yes, show exactly. the Andy Reid clip. And you got to show or, Tom or, Brady at the Combine next to Tom Brady now. Yes. Oh, yeah. Clayton Kershaw and, and Matthew Stafford. Mm. Yes, high school teammates. Mm. Clayton Kershaw, Matthew Stafford's high school center. It is. There's the running the running list of requirements. Philip Rivers' kids. Yes. Yeah. The sprinter. The, man. Or as I call it, the all 22. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're back. Okay, so with that, Katie, is there anything from these other sports that's like you haven't been able to stop thinking about? Mm. No. I don't think. Oh, shoot. Draymond, oh, Jordan Poole. Uh, oh, yeah. What happened with that? I saw bits and pieces of it, but then I think I saw something from a chapter before, and I was like, oh, I'm not. I lost now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I'm not reading all this. Yeah. That's great. Or yeah, I'm sorry, I'm that, sorry happened that happened to you. Happened. Yeah, exactly. Uh, TLDR, Jordan Poole and Draymond Green got chest-to-chest in practice. Jordan Poole pushed him, and then Draymond Green threw a very confident right hand Which that hit I Jordan Poole Which I think this is what face. I interacted with. I saw people calling that a sucker punch. And are, did we change the definition of a sucker punch? Thank you. Buddy, you're preaching to the choir. Like, I don't... You shoved him. You started. It's, it's whether or not you think he should have punched you, you can have that conversation, but you can't call it a sucker punch. The altercation had commenced. The bell was rung. No, just because you are much smaller than him. And it's really not like much. Draymond Green's not that big That's relative like offensive. to the stream of NBA If I were Jordan Poole, I'd be offended that people think it's a sucker punch just because they think I shouldn't be punched because I'm so tiny and delicate. Oh, I, I saw... I forget who on Twitter said 
that said Draymond Green shouldn't have punched. It was it was a woman on Twitter who said Draymond Green shouldn't have punched that little boy like that. Oh, and it hurt me so oh. deeply on Jordan Poole's behalf. Oh no! <laughs> oh my god! That's tough. I think, I think people thought it was so wild though because on a basketball court you're only expecting the pushes. Right? Okay. If anyone okay. takes it to the punch, you're like, oh, how dare you? Okay, so I guess, but I still don't think he that, didn't know would, that was coming. I, I would, I don't, I still, and I'm, maybe I'm wrong because I've never really gotten into a physical fight except one and the girl didn't even really punch me. Um, I feel like that doesn't push it into sucker punch territory. No. No. I still no, think punch. it, sucker, sucker punch is like, you weren't expecting it. Guy came up out of nowhere. Sometimes he even punches you in the back of the head. That's how much yes. of a sucker Behind. he is. Yeah. Yeah. That is a, that is a sucker move. Yeah. No, yeah. So that's uh that was one thing that you potentially missed. I mean, you mentioned Tom Brady's name. I don't know how the much divorce. you've seen. Yeah, very you know, uh, mm, Yeah, I think that Giselle should just focus on her right now. Mm-hmm. Um if she needs any girlfriends, I got her, you know, like I'm here for you girl. We love you. We support you. Um he left me too, you know. So, <laughs> well, your your partner is, I'm sure, is obsessed with his craft. Is is there any through line? Well, no. Are you no, trying to I start shit? To. You trying to start shit in I, my personal life? No. Wow. No, I was just saying. I was just. I was saying. I was saying. I. I, I I, I get was wondering, it. I get is there it. anything I get it. I, about Giselle's sure. position that you sure. can understand? And, and I would say mostly it would be having my heart broken by Tom Brady. But um, <laughs> from that standpoint up, of Mike. like he's, uh, a, um, what'd you say? Addicted? It wasn't addicted. Loyal? What was the word you used? Committed? Uh, obsessed with his craft. Sure, yeah, that. Uh, committed um, to his craft. I have, like that. I mean, I have. when I have stuff to do, it's not that much of a problem because we're both kind of like work first type people. But, you know, mm-hmm. in any relationship, you have to make sure that you have time for each other as well as your things. And it's fascinating to me. I've always been fascinated by athletes during the season and the postseason, like what the rules that they set out for their relationships are. Because mm. I can't imagine that it's just regular, that it's like, I'll take you out on dates every night. It's got to be like, look, when the season's happening, it's this way. But when it's not happening, it's this way. So I imagine that Brady and Giselle have had those conversations and it feels to me like maybe he violated the rules of maybe a conversation that they had, which at that point, if you've said, if you don't, if we don't, if this isn't the agreement, then it's done. I mean, it makes sense to me. Wait, you talked about the the rules and the ways that, you know, athletes operate during the season. And you have obviously interacted with professional athletes for a long time and a lot of different levels. You mentioned Mao and a lot of the women of the U.S. national team that you're incredibly close with from over the years. But going through this season, and you mentioned covering sports day-to-day, did you learn anything new about these this group of athletes or their process or something that surprised you even about a sport that you had grown up loving your whole life this is going to sound so stupid and i may have even said this already on this podcast but it really clicked for me i always knew but i guess never had thought about in this way that the only practice baseball players have is the warm-ups that they have right before they play because they're playing every day so it's not like i don't know where in my head i assume like obviously they that's how it's got to work because they're if they're not traveling, they're playing. They rarely have a day off here and there. Um, but it just, that to me was like, oh, wow. So like you have a bad game 
and then you have to go to the field that you're going to have your next game on and and practice and then you got to go again so it's like there if you're in it made slumps make a lot more sense to me where it was like you it's hard to get the reset that makes sense yeah. sometimes like for me even after like i was saying doing one game a week at the end of that season i still like had my reset where it was like wow that was a lot and what did i what did i learn what did i screw up what can we take from this experience without that like reset time that's got to be very hard to adjust your swing to adjust you know uh, something about the way that you're playing your position and they have to do that like constantly so I feel like that sort of solidified in my brain. It's not like I learned it. I don't want the headline of this to be like, Katie Nolan didn't know that they just practice at the game. But like, it's, I, I don't know. Because growing up, when you play a sport, you got practice and you got your game. Yeah. And they're not usually the same day. And so it just is, a, I don't know, it's just interesting to me, an interesting dynamic. I mean, listen, hearing you say it now, it really just kind of sunk in for me, that idea that not only are you going out there and just workshopping it as you do it, but you're also doing it to go back to our early conversation in front of a shit ton of people, day in and day out in person and on TV. And that's a really uncomfortable environment to have to try and fix the things that you are doing wrong, potentially. That's why this year, one thing that bugged me when fans would do it, and multiple fan bases would do it, not all of them, though. Um, was like the booing of their own players. I feel like this season I got really like, hey, cut it out. Like they're they're trying, okay? And a lot of times it's like a guy who signs a big contract and isn't necessarily right away producing. And it's like, think about when you moved to a new job. Think about when you worked with entirely new coworkers. Think about your first day in the office when they showed you where the bathroom was, but you forgot because you learned you met six other people in between and now you got to pee and you have to ask somebody where the bathroom is. Like it's just, it's, we act like athletes' lives are so different because they have money. Money can't change awkward interactions money can't change the like needing to have camaraderie with the people that you play with like there's something to that moment of it like, also needing does to invite adjust. different problems yes exactly and it's like it, it's there's a lot about it that i don't understand and will never because i'm not gonna be that but i just think that we don't give them a lot of grace in ways and there's other ways we give them too much grace but it's just a, a fascinating thing was watching people like boo their own player it's like, you don't know. Just support him. You should want him to be good. Nobody's ever been, like, booed and then is like, yeah, now I'm... Now, that made me better. Like, maybe it did in a... Well, somebody was processing what that was that happened to them, but it wasn't like a... That's not the way to get them to... I don't know. I just don't think we should boo our own players. Unless they're like, you know, they did something off the field that you're not a fan of, then I guess it's fine. Well, speaking of uh, booing players and more money and more problems, the Mets... Man, who, you know, won mm. over a hundred games this season. Man. Max Scherzer got booed off the off the plate after you know he's the reason why their season ended so abruptly. Do you still believe that that was warranted? Or no, kind of no, like I just, just the situation that the Mets are in. Yeah, I don't know. I think Mets fans are mad, and I think they should be mad. Um, I think that I just, I just feel like in that moment he knows. He's just gotten all those home runs hit off of him. He's not sitting there like, what do you mean? I rule. It's just like, yeah, okay, boo. But like, I don't know. I'm not saying that like those fans who do that are the meanest and the worst and get them out. But I'm like, I just, that wouldn't be me. I'm not with that. That to me doesn't make sense in the grand scheme of things of like, you can be frustrated. I don't know if I'd boo my own guy. 
Where are you at on booing players that come back that were once your guy? Like the Russell Wilson going back to Seattle for the first game of the season getting booed. When you've won a Super Bowl with some team, you've meant a lot there. The terms of your departure weren't necessarily the most amicable and weren't necessarily something that fans I get would love. But where are you at on booing someone coming back to the organization I, like I that? I feel like, and this may be too specific of an answer, I might be like weaseling my way out of actually answering your question, but I feel like you should. there should be a welcome first of mm. like a welcome back and then once the whistle blows it's yep. fair game it's you're on the other team we're not rooting for you obviously we're rooting against you so i get it and i would if i were a player i feel like i would expect it and understand it if it happened which again i bet like i bet max scherzer understands it that they're booing him i'm sure he's not mad right. about it um but man, I just imagine if people could come to your actual job and just yell at you when you're not good at it. I would just be like, I know, I know. No, I know. Believe me, I'm not happy about how this you is going are either. More upset about this than me, okay? I promise. I boo at myself. Get, I'm mad. I'm trying to fix it. I I get when I get comments about uh, how how bad I am on this podcast. I like. Guys, I'm editing it. Editing wow, it. Help. I know. I'm pissed about it too. I wish there was something different that I could do about it. You but don't, we're gonna ha- we're gonna have to push up. through. You're, we're gonna have to those push people through. are just I, no, I wasn't gonna mention that. I wasn't gonna mention that specifically. But, but you did. Uh, so I here did we are. That, that it is. Mm-hmm. Now look what you've <laughs> done. So. It is true though. It's like yes, I'm here too. I realize what's good and bad. I realize the quality of things around. Like, yeah, I want to get better too. Enjoy the journey. Exactly. I enjoy your journey. In- we enjoy. We've enjoyed our journey with you during this season, Katie. Crazy. Like, obviously, we're not going to stop yeah. having you on this podcast just because baseball season's over. But it was a cool version of you to get to see on. This yeah, podcast. I really appreciated it. Honestly, it helped me. Um, you know, move it. Like they were like little, I don't know, mile markers on my journey where it was like, oh, okay, so that was that happened before the first time I was on Golic, and then it was like, okay, that happened in between. We talked about that, and it kind of let me like, you know. It was fun. This was really fun. I am uh, uh, weirdly exhausted, but I hope that this will continue next year when I'm working for the National Lacrosse League, um, that you'll let me come on ah! here and give you guys obscure... I, I do want like you barnstorming yeah. different sports leagues as a commentator. I feel like, can we make a reality show that isn't that, because that word just makes you go, ugh, but it's just like me going and right. trying different jobs, but instead of actually filming the show, you just... Have to watch it by watching all the different jobs that I'm doing. I think that sounds interesting. Instead of instead of Mike Rose dirty yes. jobs, it's just yeah, jobs. Jobs. It's and then parentheses Ooh. like pretty cool ones too. So yeah. <laughs> give me a cool job. I like Katie Jobs as a name. You do? That's show. something that you like. You I like do. that? Katie Jobs. I do. Katie Jobs. Katie it makes, Jobs. I think it makes you sound like the wife of the late Steve yeah. Jobs, though, and that's yeah. weird. Or daughter, you know. That is true. That is true. Also fair on that one. Um, Katie, before we let you go, just like, I I guess, putting a bow on all that superlative wise, was there a, going down the list of things, favorite park you got to go to that wasn't the Red Sox park this year? This is tough. Because partially I judge it based on the booth and nobody's ever going to see the booth. And so it's like... But that's a more than fair thing to judge yeah. it on. I judge on booth, press box food, and overall ambiance. So you're allowed to take those things that people won't see in I like account. Seattle. I like Seattle a lot. There was a lot of room in their booth. Um, 
I liked Oracle. I like because it's just pretty. But I feel like oh, I also liked San Diego. That was fun. Petco's but I'd nice. been to Petco. You know, it's like I don't think I'd been most. I've tried to pick one that I like did not ever go to. I will say the I think the worst, and I'm sorry, I'm not saying this to hurt anybody's feelings, but the the worst was the White Sox. Yeah, I mean, is it still called guaranteed yeah, rate? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Oh, it's. I mean, and I just feel bad. They're they're playing against a lot. They're out on the side of the highway. They're not even technically in like the downtown Chicago area. They got a lot. Working I get it. Them, so I get it. They share a city with like a beloved, you know. But it's. I. It, but still, yeah. it just was. It was tough. Yeah. I, when you're the, we, you're the Clippers of Chicago. We uh, went into Terry Francona's the like away manager's office to interview him before that game. And I, we had to sit. Heidi sat down and held like a box fan because the AC was broken. It was so hot, and like Tito just had it blowing on his face. And so Heidi just like picked it up and sat and held it. And we did the interview like that. And I was like, this fucking place. Wait, and so wow. you mentioned Terry Francona, uh, favorite manager okay. you interacted with. I mean, with Terry this Francona, season. I loved. Uh, Dave Roberts, I loved. Um. um Let's see who else. Uh, trying to think of, I mean, I really didn't meet a manager I didn't like. Well, there was like one or two. Um, Gabe Kapler has the coolest manager's office. Uh, it's like a, it looks like a lounge. It's, and he's always got like Kid Cudi, just like every Kid Cudi song everyone has ever, like not any deep cuts. It was just all the ones that you're like, oh yeah, I know. I remember when this was hot. I remember when this was hot. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like dim, and like I don't know. It was cool. It was cool. He's a weird dude, but I like him. Um, I'm really. I liked. I really liked them all. I loved Buck Showalter. I love Buck Showalter, but mainly because he's a, an adorable old man who, when we were leaving, I think I said this, put his hand on my back, top of my back, important, top of my back by my neck. And, uh, and just said, I'd see what you're trying to do. And I like it. Keep going. And I was just like, thanks. Mm. That means a lot. it was like on a day oh. that I really needed to hear it. So he's a sweetie. We love him. Tough. Tough how it happened here. Oh, and Snicker. Brian Snicker yeah. is also a very cool dude. He was very honest in our manager meetings. He's, I mean, he's been around the organization for so long, Atlanta, um, and he just was so interesting. Like we asked him if there was a such thing as a World Series hangover. And he was like, let me think about it. And then by the end of the interview, he's like, you know what? I would say, yeah, I would say, yes, there is this moment where you're kind of just like, you know, you're, you feel like you're behind everybody else. So you're a little bit, it takes a little longer. And look at what happened. They had a slow start to their season. Everybody was like, what's wrong with the defending champion Braves? And then nothing is the answer. They're good and here. So. Yeah, like most hangovers, if you get time, a little bit of water, and a couple other things mixed in there, like you're going to get through it. a quick dip in the ocean, and boom, you're done. Oh, Tori Lovello, I should say, too, because he gave me the, those beers, and that was very funny. Yes. Yeah. One of one of my one of my favorite stories that you told on here during this season. Uh, to that end, favorite player or favorite player story that you got to tell during this Ooh. season? Brandon Marsh. Um is a young kid got traded at the deadline from Los Angeles to Philly. So he's in Philly now. He's a center fielder. He was like a top prospect in the Angels organization. Made his debut last year. He lost within, uh, I'm going to screw up the timeline, but in a short amount of time lost both his uh, high school best friend and his father. 
and he and then made his debut that year and uh, listening to him in every interview and like seeing the way he talks about his mom and like uh he was slumping at one point and they asked him and he was like how lucky i am to be able to experience this and learn something new about myself in the wow. game of baseball. And it's like, that is perspective that is beyond mm. his years. And that's why I root for him so hard because it's just like to have something so crazy happen like that. And then your dream come true must be a very hard dichotomy. Uh, and for that, for that like dip and then peak to not throw you off your axis, I think speaks to like mental strength and like what a person you are. So I really love him. And then Jose Ramirez, who I've talked to death about. Um, but I just think he's underrated, less known than he should be. I think he took less money than he could have gotten to stay with his team, which people always love that. So like, if that's why you love him, then love him. I just think he's, I love a guy that in a moment where you need someone to come up big, he rarely lets you down. And that's such a crazy quality to me. Somebody who likes that. We've done this. We've already had this conversation. But who rises to that moment. And I was like, yeah, I'll knock that guy in. So I love him. And um, there's a lot of others. That Alec Bohm story I told you. Uh, Bo Bichette. Well, his season's done. But I like Bo Bichette, shortstop from Toronto. It's, there's a lot of really interesting. That's really what I learned this year. There's a lot of really interesting stories and um, interesting people in the league. And I feel like we should... You know, everybody says this, but tell their stories more so that people are more invested in our national pastime. I, You know what? I, I think that is a really important part of the job, and it's something that I very unironically say all the time when I'm covering college games. So it's it's nice to hear that same perspective shared in this arena. I'm trying to collect myself because that first story you told almost made me cry right here. It was very, very, very moving. So I will divert quickly for my own well-being and ask, favorite moment with your crew? Oh, there was a moment right before the last game where I think we all were like, all right, we did it. This is it. Um, And I think that was probably it. Or it was when I almost threw up um, in San Francisco after walking up a hill that I was not equipped to walk up with only um, espresso and Adderall in my stomach. And I very, very much came close to booting in front of Hunter Pence. And I feel like that was probably a highlight. Um, but man, those three people, Heidi, Steven, and Hunter, I, it, I couldn't have gotten through a season without. They were exactly the people that, like, I'm, again, if I don't do this again, just having met them, I feel so lucky. Like, I can text Heidi Watney now about, like, the playoffs and be like, did you see this? And she's like, oh, my God, did you see this? And she'll tell me a story about one of the – she's the best. Um, but I think that last game when we all were like, let's just do it, uh, it was very sweet. And I love them so much. Well, we're glad that they were there for you. We are glad that you did this. I, did. I mean, I go all the way back to it. I remember sitting at a table table with you and Pablo Torre at dinner and you telling us about this. And it's been very, very fun to watch in ways that we have talked about on here and just watching you know, the gigantic baseball nerd that came out of you and how much this clearly mattered to you. And it was the thing that we always hope shine through for people. So I know there were lots of it that was really tough, but I hope you did enjoy the parts of it that were there because it really was fun. And all your wild notes. (laughs) Color-coded. So many notes. What am I going to do with all of these now? Like, what is this for? 
What do I have this for? Do you do like a ritual burn? Ooh, do you that's keep good. them? Ooh. Burn I wish like I had written them in a way that's easier to understand so that like I could go back and look at like the season in review, but I've got like it's strewn across seven different notebooks and they're not in any sort of organized language. So I really just think it's uh, garbage. I think I'm contributing to climate change and I think I should be ashamed of myself. <laughs> Katie Nolan, ladies and gentlemen, deeply ashamed of her behavior. Uh, thank you so much, friend. I'm sure we'll find a oh, reason wait. to talk to you soon here. Even can I show you the? Can we end on a frame of something that I? Because uh, I've become an artist in my time off now, and I'm just going to show you the thing I made, and then you can cut it. Okay. Yes. Hell yes. Katie has. Muted her camera in preparation to wait, show us this. Wait. Hold on. Wait. Can you tell what it is? Y yes, I can it's tell what Lego it is. It's a Lego portrait of my it's dog. Dear sweet yeah. Myrtle. Made out of Legos. All right. Now, you said you've become an artist. Did yeah. you do well, that? I made it. So I have to shout out my, my podcast fans. When the podcast ended, sent me a box full of like tons of gifts. And I didn't really get around to doing them. And one of them was this. And it was this company who I should shout out. I think it's called Photo Brick. Um, they take your picture, which they had sent them this picture of Myrtle. And they send you like a little like, okay, this you do it in quadrants. And then they send you the little Legos and it's like paint by numbers essentially. And you pop them on. It hurts your fingers pretty badly. But how cool is this that I have this now? It's incredible. Yeah, dude. Oh my God. Myrtle looks absolutely, I mean, resplendent. I, I hope I'm using that word right. She's glowing. I know. She's just the best. But oh. yeah, pretty cool, huh? So oh that's, if goodness. anybody needs a Lego portrait of somebody in their life, I'm your guy. I can... I can do it for the low, low price of free. I need stuff to do, so. Oh, my God. Send Katie your Lego yes. portrait ideas here, and she will commission a unique Beautiful. piece for you. That's incredible. What joy. What a perfect Thank you. Thing. I'm really going to let you go now, so I'm not going to make you continue to say goodbye to me on this podcast because that feels like the 15th time we've done it. I just wanted no, you to I see. No, I know. We're just, we're, we're just, talk, okay, we're just talking now. Like, like you said, we'll, we'll cut it there. But holy good. shit, that's How cool, cool is as fuck. That? Yeah, I was pretty proud. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Sound the trumpets, it's horse racing time. So saddle up for the action with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. 
Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Wager on your favorite horses, then watch the races live right in the app. Download the DK Horse app now. New customers get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code GOLIT. Only on the DK Horse app. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18+, plus, 21+, plus in certain states, to open or access an account and resident of a state where DK Horse is available. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. One per new customer. Match calculated on first deposit up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wager within 168 hours. Bonus released in $25 increments. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at dkhorse.com. All right, Brandon, uh, let's get down to business. Ooh. Do you know what time it is? And defeat the home. Yes, I do, Mike. Going down, party time. My friends are going to be there, too. On the highway to hell Highway to hell This, that, the third I'm on this, that, the third So, the only question I have is Did you, at the beginning of the highway to hell cover forget that you were supposed to make it a this that the third or did you use the first two highways to hell to establish that it was highway to hell and then transition to this that and the third strategically mike i'm glad you asked uh this was one of the ones that was less spooky and more it was uh halloween by name right highway to hell themed i realized in my preparation that i was going to sub out the halloween part for this that and the third and in turn, no one would really be able to tell why this would even be in the Halloween song theme. So I had to force the highway to hell part in it so everybody knows where we're coming from. And then once we get into the stands of the highway to hell and the repetitive nature of that, I want to let everybody know that I am also on the this, that, the third. Like I am on the this, that, the third. All right. I respect you going in there with a clear-cut plan. It's a little concerning that we're already doing this much shoehorning on October 13th. With it's, as many it, days it, it, as we have a, left, you got to you got to sprinkle it in the middle, Mike. It's these it's these ah. these other ones. You know what I'm saying? It's like all the Halloween. Like somebody's already put me in a corner, and this is Halloween it has to be the last one of Halloween. So, listen, we're we're gonna get we're gonna start getting creative. It's gonna be some more ones that you don't know. But guess what? All Halloween themed. And all and like you said, smartly jammed in the middle. So as always, yeah. download, subscribe, rate, review, Gojo, Gojo. Leave it a five-star rating and a review. Let Brandon know what a good job he is doing with this, that, and the third. And at Gojo Show, offer him help in the quest to find more mm. songs to yes. stuff into a very spooky Halloween month of October for this, that, and the third. Brandon, let's start off with this. A uh, couple of updates in this, that, and the third today on stories from earlier in the week. Raiders wide receiver Devontae Adams has been charged with misdemeanor assault for shoving a credentialed media worker after Monday's loss to Kansas City to the Chiefs. He was cited, cited for an intentional overt act that inflicted bodily injury, according to court records released on Wednesday. 
The man shoved uh, by police was identified by police as Ryan Zebley, who suffered whiplash, a headache, and a possible minor concussion. According to records, he was working as a freelance photographer at the game. So, Brandon, this is, uh, if convicted, Devontae Adams could face jail term of up to six months or a fine of up to $1,000. He ain't going to jail, so we know that much right now. But, Brandon, I think the interesting thing about this is obviously we saw it in real time. And it was a clip that got circulated around the internet a bunch. It was... Upon first view, I looked at it and said, objectively lame move. Frustrated Devontae Adams, how the end of the game played out, him and Hunter Renfro running into each other on the final play that resulted in a Chiefs win. And then I saw the field angle of this where very quickly you see from behind Devontae Adams' perspective, this person come up and into the frame basically out of nowhere and then Devontae Adams shoves it. It's still not to excuse it because if Devontae Adams was really that caught off guard and that contrite or sorry about what had happened there, he probably would have gone over and helped dude up, which did not happen. He just walked past him through the tunnel. And so he still put himself in a tough situation, but I am a little bit more empathetic just because from that field angle, as with most things in professional football, you could see how quickly that happened. And this guy kind of came out of nowhere for Devontae. Yes, Mike, you mentioned that we didn't know Devontae Adams uh, from Adam, ironically enough. Uh, but that's why when he was saying that the guy came out of nowhere, it sounded like he was trying to shoot himself some bail. It seems like he was like trying to, you know, it wasn't that bad. He really came out of nowhere. It was like, okay, you, you threw dude onto the, onto the concrete while you were standing on the grass. This second angle, as you mentioned, does look more reactionary, but like he said, he was upset, and that's why the reaction was to full elbow extension push someone, uh, a random person off you, which you usually wouldn't do, Mike, but I do think that this is bad. For one, that second angle needs to go straight to his lawyers, and I think this uh, paints the narrative of who Devontae Adams is as a person better than you don't think so well I was just going to say I don't see any of this as an indictment of Devonte Adams the person I want to make that abundantly clear like what he did was wrong and I did okay. feel for that other guy who was just wrong place wrong time and didn't deserve what happened to him there but I didn't look at this and said Devonte Adams is a piece of shit or Devonte Adams is a bad guy like yeah, I don't know Devonte but... Adams we've never heard anything about him like that this was just one of those unfortunate moments that we talk about where the friction of competition butts up against with the reality off the field and sometimes that has bad results it's not excusing the behavior the second angle again makes me a little more empathetic because of how quickly it happened but again in the sum total bad not a thing that he should have done he knows it he's not going to go to jail for six months he's probably going to have to pay some sort of fine and then this is going to be something that is a cautionary tale for others going forward if it was you mike would you have pressed charges like the photographer did um yeah probably could shoot or shoot like i mean what's the worst thing that could happen i probably would have sued for some sort of damages from the league since i was technically at work when that happened it's like the people that get hit by a mail truck and then become millionaires that's how i'm trying to live i'm trying to get the matt rule treatment without having to work hard enough at my profession to be good enough to consider to coach there i just want to get hurt on the job and be able to collect a check you don't want them problems mike you don't want them problems Lawyer fees, all that type of stuff. Brandon, I want an Amazon truck to hit me tomorrow and break just enough of my body for me to get Papa Bezos' pocket open and never have to work again. I don't don't know if you, like, 
it's so easy to pee right now when you got all your limbs and everything's working. I, don't, I think you're thinking about it's like when you like you're not thinking about how you don't think about how great it is not to be sick until you're sick. That's what I'm thinking, Mike. I think you're you're not taking into consideration just how all right, Brandon, just how but much it will, to, how, how much it will, it will it'll be a it'll be a nuisance. So just to break your lower leg, so like a bone like your tibia, your fibula, just to break that. What would the dollar amount have to be in a settlement for you to feel comfortable getting hit by, we will say, an arbitrary truck of a very wealthy corporation? Tibia and fibia or just the fibia or tibia? Um, enough to where your whole lower leg has to be cast. Ooh. As long as I can get one of those scoot things where I can have one leg down and the other one up and kind of push and, and go around. I would say that's probably a year of inconvenience, Mike. I don't really value my time that much. Um, probably seven fifty. That much? To break to break my leg, to break my lower leg, and I have to rehab that bitch back. Yes, yes. What about your foot? It's a lot of bones in the foot, Mike. But I, I would say. <laughs> It definitely price goes down. The price goes down. Probably you're talking 30K. I was just going to say, you could probably get me. I'd probably still be in six figures just off principle. Like to okay, me, okay. my time and rehab and all that is at least worth six figures. We're probably talking to, like, I would, no, I would definitely do it for less than 250K. Uh, what would I? No, I think 250 is the number. I think I would do, I would think I would let a truck run over my foot for 250 grand. Okay. How much? <laughs> Listen to the question I was about to ask. How much would you take to break your arm for charity? Man, is is it like a hundred percent of every dollar is going to the charity? Of course not. It's real charity. You gotta, you okay, so like seventy some seventy cents in the dollar, and then the rest go to operating fees. <laughs> um. I, again, to break my arm and like my lower arm and how bad that would probably hurt, that would probably have to be at least like a half a million dollars for charity. Half, <laughs> half a million dollars for charity. Just snap, snap your forearm in half. That's I, mean, a, shit, I mean, that's a, I, mean my bro- I heard yeah. my brother snap his forearm in half for free, or at least the cost of tuition. At Notre Dame, I was oh, in on a play man. with my brother where he bro- where he broke his arm, and it sounded like two boards clapping together. And then ah. on film, we could see him from the high end zone copy in practice walk over to our trainer, look at him with a very bl- like my brother was very blunt. He just looked at the trainer and went, "Yeah, it's broken." <laughs> and then was the back playing with a metal can. plate in his arm like four weeks later. <laughs> So that's how Jake is the bionic man, and that's how much I believe my bodily harm is worth. Uh, at Gojo Show on Twitter, how much would it take for you in a settlement to be willing to break your foot? Hopefully, Devontae Adams doesn't have to find out the answers to any of those questions. Brandon, before we get to that, uh, and before we get to some news about some game, we want to tell you about some news about our friends at Game Time. Uh, okay. Game Time. We got football season going right now. We talked to Katie Nolan about Major League Baseball's postseason. Hockey's getting started. It's awesome. And it's awesome to see in person. We have that opportunity. We went through so many years where we couldn't do that. It's awesome to be back out there and get to be a part of that experience. And that 
is where the fine people at Game Time are going to come in. They got a great app, super easy to use. Like, I'm big on how easy user interfaces is as a part of my experience. I'm a simpleton and a child of the Apple era, which means you've got to basically spoon feed this to me like an idiot. And thankfully, Game Time does that. They make it really easy to log on, look at the area you're at geographically, and see what's available to you. They create a pretty good menu of concerts, events, sporting events, all these things you can check out see the very low prices, very cheap prices for these tickets. And you can do it last minute. You can do it day of. You can do it out in the hours leading up to it. And you can see your view from the seat that you will be buying in the app. It guarantees you the lowest prices on tickets to all your favorite sporting events, concerts, and shows. It is the fastest growing ticketing app. And all of this can be done in less than 30 seconds. So download the Game Time app, create an account, and redeem promo code GOJO for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's GOJO for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Download Game Time, last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Brandon, let's get to that. Um, we mentioned earlier in the week cheating scandal in the world of fishing tournaments. Two fishers accused of stuffing fish with lead weights and fillets in an attempt to win thousands of dollars in an Ohio fishing tournament were indicted Wednesday on charges of attempted grand theft. Jacob Runyon of Broadview Heights, Ohio, and Chase Kaminsky, 35, of Hermitage, Pennsylvania, were indicted in Cleveland on felony charges of cheating, attempting grand theft, and possessing criminal tools and misdemeanor charges of unlawfully owning wild animals. They are due to be arraigned on October 26. This is from a September 30th Lake Erie Walleye Trail tournament. Um, Brandon, if you want a more detailed breakdown of the world of cheating in competitive fishing tournaments, Holly Anderson and the fine folks at the Shutdown Full Cast, Holly did one of... The most informative breakdowns of any sport I have ever heard in my life. It was. What did you learn, Mike? Uh, Brandon, I learned so much about the different levels, the varying levels, sizes, importance, and classifications of what can be considered a competitive fishing tournament. I learned about how you would actually go about stuffing. These are the weights that, if you fished before, that you would put on the lure to weight it down in the water to the level you want. Sometimes you'd have it connected to the bobber up top so you can kind of see where it is and get the read on there. Um, all of the things about that, about basically the various cheating scandals that you've seen over the years, what the potential result could be from actual charges like this. Like we said the F word, felony, to just bodily harm at the hands of the right. other people who you've cost money. All of these things are possible. So it was one of the most informative bits of media I have ever consumed in my life. And I encourage you, every episode of the Shutdown Fullcast is perfect, but that was a perfect podcast that they created. But Brandon, this just made me think. Because these guys could potentially receive a felony for cheating in a fucking fishing contest. Albeit one where they were able to almost win or were able to win and then have taken away like tens of thousands of dollars. So I was trying to think of, Brandon, what the dumbest thing to get arrested for or get a felony for would be. Ooh. And so I Googled that, and Pintas and Mullins, injury lawyers, uh, I don't know where they are based out of uh, free nationwide consultation. So they appear to be one of those oh, nationwide wow. injury lawyers. They had a list Philly, of... Probably. Yeah, pro more than likely. They had a list of America's most ridiculous laws. I want to read you some and have you tell me what you think is the most ridiculous. Okay? Let's do it. Um, in Arizona, if you want to feed pigs garbage, you'll need a special permit that must be renewed each January. This does not apply if it's your own pet pig that you raised for personal use Feed them all the garbage you like. 
So in Arizona, this is Arizona. Uh yes, Arizona. So there's wild garbage eating pigs that you can feed your trash to with a permit. <sighs> okay, I, I, in the land that, that exists, that there's garbage eating pigs on on base on uh, boots on the ground or hooves on the ground. Excuse me. Yes, I, I can understand that. I, I can I, I can see how that would be illegal and a felony. All right, how about this one? Since you love California so much, um, if a frog dies in a frog jumping contest in California, it must be destroyed immediately and may not be eaten according to one California law. Wow. I wonder if it has anything with dying in competition, the certain endorphins, or just licking toads. That seems silly. That seems silly because, I mean, you should be able to eat. Because, okay, so do you know why? Frog legs are frogs. When you make frogs, you put them in the pot alive, and basically it's you slow cook them, and they don't even know that they're dead until, or that something's wrong until they're already like thoroughly cooked, like their brain's the last thing to shut off. So if you're eating a frog, then you have to cook it alive. So if it dies in competition, then you really shouldn't be eating said frog. So maybe it's just like a health code thing. Yeah, that's what it seems like. And I did not know that about frogs. It's slightly terrifying because I'd imagine it still hurts to be boiled. They don't jump out. They just sit there because, like, don't, lobsters make that awful noise that sounds like lobsters screaming that makes me very uncomfortable. I know. I feel like that's just kind of steam getting through those shells and the little holes, but it could be them screaming, too. <laughs> Once we found out that sharks don't have vocal cords from one of our listeners, and thank you for that, by Man. the way, terrified. Yes. Even more terrified of them. Silent. Hey, real G's moving silence like lasagna. Um, Brandon, speaking of food-related and health-related items, in Connecticut, if you want to legally sell pickles, the pickle must bounce. In 1948, two men were arrested for selling rotten pickles. The state food and drug commissioner stated the little-known fact that pickles that are safe to eat bounce when dropped from a height of one foot. Okay, Mike, I'm all over this. This is beautiful. This is, It sounds like people are really, these laws are to keep others safe and, and not to get gamed by food. Yeah, I, I agree. It's good to know. I had no idea about that the whole time I lived in Connecticut. But as someone who loved pickles, a good bouncy ass pickle, that's made that's oh. made for a great weekend, great weekday, great weeknight, whatever you want. I'm at my mom's cabin uh, this weekend in Gatlinburg when, we, when pickles are coming around. I'm taking them. I'm dropping them out the jars. I'm like, guys, we gotta see if these pickles are good. Damn that drop that pickle challenge on TikTok. Can't wait for it. <laughs> um, Brandon. Uh, in Iowa, if you want to legally throw bricks or shoot arrows onto the streets of Mount Vernon, you need to get written permission from city council. My question is, what would be the occasion that city council would grant you written permission to throw bricks or shoot arrows onto the street? Would that have to be martial law? Well, uh, would, and would, has... you, would you need permission under martial law? Yeah, I think martial law is that all the laws are now martial, and martial don't give a fuck. But I think, yes, there's some type of alien invasion or some sort that you're allowed to like freely throw bricks and like if it's to save the town, I imagine that you'll get a pardon for throwing bricks and, and arrows. Oh, out the like an Independence Day situation where all of a sudden we have to band yes. together and fight for humanity's survival, not just the survival yes. of the people in this one area. I'm thinking um, about Paul Revere and the British coming. 
Yeah, that is true. That probably is strictly for the Brits. Um, Brandon, in Missouri, bear wrestling is a misdemeanor. If you survive man versus bear wrestling in Missouri, you could be charged, which is a good time to shout out Alaska's Cop My National Parks <laughs> Fat Bear Week competition winner, Bear 747, a.k.a. the Kansas City Chiefs that I picked at the start of the competition. I know he's a bear that had previously won. He was one of the favorites in this. But still, congratulations to 7047. He survived attempted scandal at the hands of bears, uh, fans of Bear Holly in one of the earlier rounds, yes. and justice prevailed. Yes, shouts out to that bear, and I do like that rule because I don't think you should be picking fights with bears. If you survive a wrestling match with a bear in that state, then you should, yeah, you should see, you should at least see your day in court. Brandon, last one here. Um, in Texas, uh, atheists cannot hold public office. According to one very weird and unenforceable Texas law, again, according to this website, this one I didn't go and look up any further because I, I want it to be true. Uh, everyone running for office much acknowledged the existence of a, quote, supreme being. I'm, I'm, I'm speechless. You think I'm bullshitting? I'm speechless. I'm trying to look up now on... I have the Texas Constitution pulled up in front of me. Wait a minute. Actually, I was... I was I, I, I read something, so I didn't hear you at all. What, what, what was the thing? So I have the Texas uh, Constitution open right now to their Bill of Rights, and I'm trying to find the spot where it has this written. What is it, though? Hold on. Supreme being. Um... Oh, okay. This is all right. So I found it. So this is the, okay. this is again the Texas Constitution under the Bill of Rights for uh, the Texas Constitution. And it says that general, great, and essential principles of liberty and free government may be recognized and established. We declare no religious test shall ever be required as a qualification to any office or public trust in this state nor shall anyone be excluded from holding office on account of his religious sentiments provided he acknowledged the existence of a supreme being <laughs> so, so he doesn't you don't have to i say he excuse me so someone doesn't have to they don't have like, to believe recite, in recite a, a Bible verse. They don't or have to believe like in that. a God. They just have to believe in God. Like you don't have to believe in a specific one. Like it doesn't have to be, you know, a pagan God. It doesn't have to be Christian God. It doesn't have to be Yahweh. It has to just be you have to believe something is there. I love I mean that that's egregious. I actually don't I, I wanna say as someone who believes, I wanna say great, but I I am not someone who forces people to believe, so that sounds terrible. I love the idea of a pagan candidate running for office in Texas. And just can't you just can't. You're not allowed. No, you can you because you believe in a God. Like as long as you believe something exists, some sort of supreme being, I'm assuming even if it's like I guess like 
a supreme being so multiple gods might be out is that the read on this too or is it just people who don't believe in a god well i don't know man because uh catholics and their deities not deities they're what are they called saints i don't know that, that seems like you if you one guy need to get prayed to i don't know y'all everybody y'all be out here praying to mary <laughs> hey pray to as many or as few gods as you like i don't give a damn <laughs> Just know that it's probably going to affect your ability to uh, hold office in Texas in a way that's wholly unenforceable. Uh, Brandon, uh, those are some dumb things you could potentially get arrested for. Uh, echo Joe Show on Twitter if you've got any more of those that you know of. But getting a felony for cheating in a fishing tournament seems like it's up there pretty high on the list. Uh, but Brandon, let's get to the third. Um, and this is somewhat relevant to this podcast since... Um, we have yes. long had the open of this podcast involved the Kanye West song Good Morning and if you've heard the last couple of days have recently changed that and I don't know if we've settled on the final answer to what our show's opening song will be we've settled on one we're more comfortable with because Brandon and I both grew up being big fans of Kanye West it was one of the original bonds in our relationship was you know listening to Kanye sure. West and that's what's made it even more uncomfortable to watch the way that this man has devolved into something wholly unrecognizable to the person most of us grew up watching and enjoying and loving. Rel What's that? I said, and loving. Yes, 100%. 100%. And so now, uh, recently, Kanye West was seen on social media, and now I believe is locked out of social media for making very anti-Semitic comments uh, publicly and upsetting a lot of people understandably including the folks that produce uh the shop over uh from spring hill company lebron james's group the shop popular show that we'd see on hbo and now um on uninterrupted that you can check out but they taped an episode of the shop with kanye west that they decided wasn't going to run uh maverick carter uh the ceo uh, the spring hill ceo i believe it was maverick carter wasn't it yeah, it was Maverick Carter. It was Maverick Carter. Came out with a statement that said, Yesterday we taped an episode of The Shop with Kanye West. Kanye was booked weeks ago after talking to Kanye directly the day before we taped. I believed he was capable of a respectful discussion and he was ready to address all of his recent comments. Unfortunately, he used The Shop to reiterate more hate speech and extremely dangerous stereotypes. We made the decision to not air the episode or any of Kanye's remarks. While The Shop embraces thoughtful discourse and differing opinions, we have zero tolerance for hate speech of any kind and will never allow our channels to be used to promote hate. Hate speech should never have an audience. Maverick Carter went on to say he took full responsibility for believing Kanye wanted a different conversation and apologized to the other guests of the show and the crew. And Brandon, I, I, I certainly appreciate that decision from them. I know people yeah. do the free speech thing all the time in this country. It, free speech applies in your ability to say it. You could say it out loud. That doesn't mean someone who is the creator of a show has to put it out there just because right. you said it, especially when they know that what Kanye said and done is extremely hurtful and having the platform that he does and making those comments is extremely hurtful and perpetuates a lot of really fucked up stereotypes about a group of people. So it's, uh, it's just a continued sadness around the demise of a person that used to be loved by so many people. And namely us, Mike, you know, uh, I think that's been the biggest uh, problem with this. Not the biggest problem with this. It's just there's things that Kanye West does that seems to be uh, palatable 
I guess you can say. But when it comes to him hurting other people and offending other people, one of my favorite quotes is, uh, the freedom of speech is also the freedom to offend. And that's what I think is the most important here is that, yes, you can say what you want, but if you're marginalizing, uh, chastising, offending, and also getting other people ideas who have those similar hate speech ideas in their head, mobilizing people with your speech, then there needs to be it needs to be cut out, cut down at the knees. And I'm very happy that Maverick Carter uh, and LeBron James, Spring Hill, Uninterrupted, whoever they're uh, connected to, I'm sure Rich Paul had a hand in it. I'm glad that that team stood up and was like, "Listen, we know it's a big name. We know everyone's going to watch this." Tucker Carl, Tucker Carlson threw Kanye West out there for everyone to see for numbers. There's some things that are more important than that. And I'm glad that these guys, these athletes, you know, the shut up and dribble people are, are brave enough, bold enough, and smart enough to just, you know, say, no, Kanye West, you can't come on here and scream about hate speech, and we won't give you a platform, and this will never see the light of day. Yeah, and I mean, this is, the, you know, in the wake of, we also saw him posting on social media those pictures of him with the White Lives Matter shirts on, the weird Donda yes, school that he has right now all of it yeah. is also like this is and i hope we're far away from anyone trying to excuse kanye west actions as genius at this point there was a point in time yes. where like you said the stakes were lower and some of the things he were doing were not as overtly offensive they were head scratching at times but he was right. someone that for so long was lauded as a musical genius and again you and i i stood up and beat that drum for a long time none of this is genius this is a person who is sick who has documented mental health issues has taken medication for some of those uh, for those things that he's dealt with in the past and is clearly struggling but while he is doing that it's not an excuse for one him to say things that hurt others and two him to be used as a pawn and a puppet by other people for ratings and numbers like you said while he's spewing that knowing full well this is not a person who appears by any account to be healthy yeah no and I, I'm, I'm saddened by it but I'm just glad that we addressed it because I wanted to make that change uh, because you know I, I thinking about us and you know how to start the podcast off you got a little jingle and certain people were trying to talk to us about it but I just it didn't feel right it didn't feel right having Kanye be in the first voice and you know but uh, I'm glad we're, we're in we're evolving uh, as other people are uh, but I wanted to give you a little bit something different on the way out, Mike, because before you do your closing out, and this maybe this, that, and the third, and the other, just to get off the Kanye, because it's about Gen Zers. Gen Zers, this is what I was really, Gen Zers, Gen Zers say they feel attacked by certain emojis, Mike, especially the passive-aggressive thumbs-up emoji. Gen Zers, not a fan of the thumb-up. Emoji. According to a recent poll of 2,000 young people ages 16 to 29, emojis used by old people, including thumbs up, the red love heart emoji, and the, the okay hand and the grimace faces are all top emojis used by old people. Well, I, the, first off, they consider old people us. Like, yes. we are old and, like, people it shows on TikTok. How old you are. Yes. I, I learned this first, Mike, by learning that uh, young people use the skeleton instead of the crying laughing face. I was like, ooh, let me start using my skeleton because I I'm, don't I'm be, want to tell everybody I'm over 30 just by my emojis. I want, the skeleton is different to me than the crying laughing face. The skeleton is for something that I think is a diss in nature or a burn in nature. When someone goes and says something that's undercutting somebody oh, else, I think that's different from means, the crying. 
No, I'm I'm telling you that it, it for Gen Zers the the skeleton is dead. Like I'm dead at that. Like that's so funny. Dead. Yeah. No, I like, understand ah. that. I'm just saying. I think it's a different connotation. And I don't give a fuck what they say. They don't make. I'm the saying. Rules I know. That. That's what makes you old, Mike. That's no, what makes I, you old. No, fuck. that's what makes them young. That was what makes, and you know what? Part of being young is being fucking young is being fucking dumb. When I was young, I was fucking dumb, and it's a process. You've got to be young and dumb oh before you can be old and anything bro. else. Listen, I'm not saying they don't have some things right. There's a lot of stuff that Gen Z does and the generation below us does that has a ton of value in the world and a ton of important things and problems that they're going to attack because they're more conscious of this stuff than a lot of the other people in generation. But mm. I'm saying on issues like this, where you're trying to tell me the emoji use that I have is wrong no shut the fuck up okay all right it's your old ass using emojis you don't use emojis like that anyway so by you're fine my uh my favorite emoji currently in rotation is uh i've been and i feel like it feels kind of like stolen valor and i feel bad about it but it's see. it's the um salute emoji the one where it's the half face oh. and the guy giving the salute Mike, I'm all over that one. I'm all over that one. I love it. And then also, here's another one that I that I love. That's a, a new ad that is just all me and very very old. It's the the smiling one with the little tears in their eyes. Like oh yes, like, tears you're of joy. Like emotionally so happy. I love that. They're they're all that great. One, man. Yes, yes. <laughs> Kids don't know nothing about that stuff. Telling me how to skull emoji <laughs> out here. Like I haven't been doing that grew up with the internet too all right just not as much of the internet if you grew up with the internet that probably is what brought you to this podcast and we appreciate you doing so as always download subscribe rate and review gojo leave us a five-star rating and a review even if you're a gen z kid i take back what i said i love you dearly i value your input on this website on any website and application here follow me on tiktok at michael jr uh and make sure you also check out the DraftKings youtube channel subscribe to that check out the gojo of michael jr playlist so you can see katie nolan's wonderful lego picture of her dog myrtle thanks so much enjoy thursday night football you sick bastards we'll talk to you tomorrow mm.